All right, you are now welcome to the best, the Holy Ruckus Podcast, episode number 99. Josh here in your ear. We do not have Father Pat with us today. He's off saving the world, doing priestly duties. But I do have a good friend of the podcast, of the entire website, of the Holy Ruckus. He's a blogger, contributor, uh, Catholic, sinner, trying to be saint, Matt Pena, who's with us. And I can't wait for you guys to get to meet him all that and more on this week's episode of The Holy Ruckus. Here you go. We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. Why were you made? I was made to be happy. The way to be happy is to know truth and to love goodness. In other words, I am made for God. Pero quiero lío en las dioses. Quiero que se salga afuera. You are now listening to the Holy Ruckus Podcast. And we're here. Hello, what's going on, Matt? What an awesome radio intro, by the way. I felt like I was like Casey, you're like Casey Kasem introducing like the most hyped up hype man interview. So props, dude. <laughs> Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. I mean, well, I got to pull out all the stops for my guests, man. We try to yeah, do man. it for you guys. So thanks so much for taking the time to kick it with us on this uh, Wednesday, on this hump day, being mm. with us. Matt, um, I've known you for a little bit here in the interwebs. I think we met yeah. on, a, on a Facebook Catholic group, you know, mm. just uh, trying to do the good Lord's work and evangelize the masses. But for those that don't know you, Give them a little primer. I mean, I, I kind of divulge a little bit. You are a blogger for us at the Holy Ruckus. And yep. just recently on, on our homepage, you can definitely find it. Uh, Why Love Never Fails, a blog by Matt Pena himself. But I got the man here. And maybe we'll get into that as well. But just uh, some of his musings and whatever else he's into, I just wanted to give him the opportunity. And Holy Ruckus Never Fails. I love to bring in musicians and uh, drummers specifically. So... That's why I got my man's here. That's why you're really here. I just want to hear just about for drum talk for yeah, another exactly. hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I'm just a fan of that. But go ahead, Matt. Tell the folks at the Holy Orchestra a little bit more about you. Cool, man. So, yeah, I'm a creator and content, content contributor. Um, and now I, I'm a media technology director in New York City. It's the day job. It's the fancy job. It pays the bills. Um, but I've been a creator pretty much my whole life, man. A musician forever. I uh, was a touring musician in my early to mid-20s. Um, had a career shift in that regard, got into podcasting toward the end of my music days, fell in love with podcasting and fell in love with just the whole medium of just like spoken word wow. through technology. Um, and then had around that same time, had my reversion to the faith, kind of fell in love with Jesus through, I guess, the Protestant circles of friends I used to have. And then I'm like, I want to dive deeper. And then I found the Catholic Church, as you can see behind me, uh, the flag represent. And uh, kind of just dove deep into the faith and been kind of really getting into like the Catholic creative space, maybe the past three or four years. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun, man. And meeting like-minded people like you, I think Mike from Catholic creatives forwarded me to you. Uh, and he's also another internet friend. All the internet friends are great. So yeah, that's what brings me here. And that's why I'm here today. Dude, that's awesome. And, and, and that was probably the best way of kind of like all the things mm. under, at Matt Payne. It's the melting pot. Yes, indeed. Exactly. Exactly. So for my folks, Right, follow at Matt Pena, um, right there in the little ESPN ticker. And so, while I'm paying attention to that ESPN ticker, I'm paying attention to the actually the real one because I'm. Uh, a big, are you into basketball or football or anything like that? I'm a social fan. I'm just a bandwagon fan. I've always been like okay. a nerdy kid, but like I've always been from the. 
like as a, as, a, as a tri-state area kid here, like definitely my brother and like my dad, my entire family, they're all Giants fans, football fans. Uh, but I also have family in Texas and they're all Cowboys fans. So it's like I'm more of a bandwagon sports guy as long as I get to eat and have fun and yell at a TV. Dude, happy times. People and are, that's you know. why it's so good to just have like the Super Bowl when it is. It's, it's, right man. Before, it's right before, you know, Lent. And so you're just like, Dude, one more social event responsibly, of course. Responsibly, right? yes. Uh, right, yeah. you know, do do your thing and have everybody test right before the party. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right, have you know, you have like little party favors. You got cupcakes, mm-hmm. so have some Ooh. rapid tests available or something. I guess. I yeah, don't right. Know. But you got to find a way to to, to do it. That's twenty twenty two, man. This is the world we live in now. It's just like it's, it's like buffalo wings and rapid tests. That's there what you, you do. Go. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's what you got to do. And I mean, it's been going through it, man. Um, mm. Right now, just a, just a little bit about what's going on in our household. It's oh, knocked everybody imagine. out. It's it, it's it's knocked everybody out. Mm. I was the only one left standing with my youngest. And oh, wow. now dad strength. I, I, there till, you go. Till this past week, man, they got me. So the Rona got me. So oh, I'm, wow. I'm, you know, on the road. But what can you do? I just got to pray and say lord what do you want to do with this and i mean my my symptoms were, were mild you know um yeah. but my Thanks kids are all great so i don't know how about yourself have you have you gotten bit by the corona bug or you've been good yeah man so we got it literally, literally after christmas so december 26 we spent all yeah. christmas together like christmas eve mass yeah you know, obviously being filipino like we do the whole noche buena so we had like yeah. midnight mass we hung out and then the next day my sister and i had some slight symptoms then we all got tested and literally the entire family got COVID. But luckily it was, it was, I think, Omicron or it was, it was a milder variant. I know my my brother-in-law and my cousin got it pretty bad in terms of flu-like stuff. And our mm. friend who's a doctor was saying like, there's a chance they got Delta and then we got the Omicron. I don't know how the variants work like that. I don't know how the science works. But yeah, but we survived it, man. And luckily we're good, all things considered. Thanks be to God. Uh, everyone in my family has been good. Yes. And, and that's the thing. You, you know, you just never know what you're going to get. I mean, the, this variant thing is just evolving every you know, five minutes, it seems, but we'll pray, <laughs> yeah. we'll pray to just, you know, be on the right side of things and just do our due diligence. But Matt, you are special, but you're not that special. We're going to treat you like every other guest okay. and we're going to do overrated, underrated, uh, whatever mm-hmm. pops up into your mind, little quick hot takes, 20 seconds deep in terms of Ooh, different categories, whatever, no uh, whatever I spit out at you, you know, give us your little high take. What do you think? Is it overrated? Is it underrated? Uh, you good with that? Yeah, I'm down, dude. All right. We're going to give it a shot here. Let's- here Let's go. go. Overrated, underrated, and whatever mm. goes down. Oh, with a graphic. Look at that. All right. Okay. Do it a big dog style. <laughs> All right. Back here. Uh, Loving to be here. Okay. I see you. Um, overrated, underrated. You're doing Jersey. New York City. Overrated, underrated. Oh, um, underrated. People, a lot of people show a lot of shade to New York, but. It's, it's a good city. The pockets of it that you can find that you like. It's a good city. There you go. There you go. Okay. Overrated, underrated. I mean, you kind of already went over it, but um, Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, man. Um, overrated. Overrated. I think a lot of guys put too much effort into the Super Bowl. And I love the Super Bowl. I love hanging out with friends. But I think people put precedence over that, over the important things in life sometimes. <laughs> there you go. See? Go to math first, folks. What he really Yes. Means, right? We'll get Jesus. Um, overrated, underrated Winter Olympics. Are you into that? Is that? You know, I'd say underrated because I was never really. I got to the, into the Olympics just for for fun with friends, 
and I watched it, I think, a year or two ago on Peacock. It's on, like, the, the Peacock network. <laughs> right, right, right. And my family and I just watched random events, and we're, we never got into it, but then we got super competitive with it. So, underrated, for sure. Okay. How do you get competitive with, like, you just, like, pick a nation or, like... Yeah, we just pick a country and be like, oh, Japan's going to win, I don't know, uh, the bobsled race or something. Okay. I'm a big Cool Runnings fan, but I was like, if yeah. Jamaica was in it, I would have picked Jamaica, but no. Okay, what about in the uh, Philippines? I mean, are they in? I mean, like in Winter Olympics, are they? Nothing, I, nothing I'm aware of. If they are, I'm, I'd have to. I'm, I'm, I'll be biased depending on the. If there's like a, I don't know, like a Filipino winter dance expression kind go. of thing, we'd win it. Or karaoke, we'd win it. But I don't know about any other. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, overrated, underrated. Valentine's Day. This is a sore spot for you. Here we go. Let's ooh, think about it. Ooh, no, I, think it's, I think it's underrated in the sense that people dive into the commercial too much. Mm. And for me, the simpler and the more intimate, preferably inside jokey Valentine's gifts, the better. Oh, very nice. Okay. All right. And then last but not least, I mean, we're in it. Exodus 90, overrated, right. underrated. What do you got? Oh, uh, man. Underrated, dude. Like, this is the second year doing it. And I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. It's going to be okay. And I'm like, this is still really hard. You know, like yeah. sweets and listening to like secular music. Like, I'm, I'm an early 2000s kid. So, like, yeah, pop sure. punk and emo. And I can't listen to that. It's like the weirdest. So, I've been listening to like a lot of Christian music and a lot of Gregorian chant on Spotify, which just tied oh, me over. But I, I miss <laughs> secular music. I do. No, I hear you as well. I mean, that's for me, like the big thing. Like, my media consumption, in terms of just audible, I, it's not that I'm watching anything or even on my phone. I could probably get away with it. It's been a struggle. But music wise, music, yeah, that's, same, dude. that's what's been like the killer for me. And same, I just, same. and then one, and one last one. Um, where were you when you found out about that, uh, that broke the internet, the big uh, emo punk? Uh, festival in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. So I was names. Go ahead. So legit. So I woke up. Uh, I was in bed. I woke up and I got a text from my sister say because we were both we both love pop punk and emo. And I'm like, I thought it was like a fake. I thought someone photoshopped it. And then I talked <laughs> to my cousin who's also a big pop punk head. And we're like, this is real. This is actually happening. And I saw every after that, I saw everyone post it. So hopefully it's a real thing. If it is, let's let's go. We'll do a holy ruckus road trip or something. Dude, I mean, it was there. I mean, they added uh, two additional dates because they just sold out like that. Dude, it was smart marketing, it's man. Another, it's not another fire fest or anything. Else. I was worried about that. I was like, sure, yeah. is another fire fest? Like, who's like got weird me? cheese sandwiches and awkward tents? Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, weird. there's too many names on this bill that I'm just like, <laughs> no way. I, I mean, you got bands like, you know, I don't know. What, what band stuck out for you when you looked at that bill? You know oh, that? man, dude. Uh, Acceptance was one of my favorite bands growing Ooh. up. Uh, Paramore, as always, everyone loves Paramore. Um, I'm trying to think of other. Was All Time Low on this on the list? All, all Time Low was not. That was, was not. Oh dang! Oh wow! Yeah. What a, out of all bands too, you would think All Time Low would yeah, be on the all list. All Boy was not on it. Yeah, uh, All American Rejects was. That that was odd. I was like, that, they're kind of emo, but they're like TRL emo. I'm not sure if that yeah, really counts okay, as emo. Okay. Um, My Chemical Romance was in there. My Jersey Rip. Um, yeah. Taking Back Sunday, the veterans of the Jersey. Yeah, Rip. that was surprising, man. There was some alternative rock that were like, yeah, they don't really, they're not emailing this said, but I was going to go, my my buddy and my my old co-host was like, dude, we got to go. This is made for us. And I knew like, I want to say a good 20, 20 of those bands I knew. Dude, yeah, but right. I was like, there's just no way, right? We're trying to buy a house right now. And I'm just, oh yeah. So much stuff. I was like, nah, dude, as much as I would love to like relive those days, 
we're going to have to do it budget friendly. Mm, so now we're not going to Yeah. It. Um, it's like nostalgia so versus mortgage. Like what's exactly, what you, exactly what's the priority hard. here? It, it almost won out. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it was to the last hour, but I was like, yeah. nope. The good Lord's like, nah, discernment, two goods. Priorities. Definitely more priority, priority focus. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we did end up going to an emo night. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. No, like, I've never been. I've been to like, I've been to like, you know, custom cover bands I would see and they would play emo music, but not specifically an emo night. Like a DJ night. Yeah. It I, was, have to, it, I have to. It was good. It. it was 15 bucks. You can't go wrong. 15 bucks was, was not a bad trade off. You know, I saved $700. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it is what it is. But all right, man. So let's get into it a little bit. You said you were doing um, Exodus 90 year two. Uh, year two, man. Why would you do that to yourself? And <laughs> I, think, I think you mentioned calling it like a, a faux E90 or whatever. Like, yeah, a faux 90, faux Exodus 90. So like, I'm going to take okay. it. I'm going to go like ham once uh, Lent starts for sure. But a friend of mine, um, actually, I wasn't going to do it initially because I did it last year and I did it by myself. So I did it well, well, with my spiritual director as my anchor. Cause I asked all my friends and no one was, everyone's like, nah, it's a little too, Dude, too I totally for me. You, I totally you know, you. so I, so my, cause my spiritual director, father Zach was like, you should do it. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll do it. And he was kind of like my anchor. I check with him once a week and we talk. Uh, so this year, a buddy of mine was like, Hey, I want to do it. Do you want to do it together? I'm like, sure. But I'm like, Oh, do I really want to do it? And I'm happy that he asked me cause he kind of nudged me to do it. And it's so much better. Like it's night and day. I know people have groups for these things and they have anchors <laughs> yeah, and they have actually like, like a team of guys, but for, this is my first time doing it with somebody else night and day like it's it, you're, you're more driven you're more uh uh-huh. because you have an accountability partner throughout a lot of these exercises so having a person highly recommended uh, but you how about you oh i mean so it's definitely a faux e90 we just didn't want to fork over the ten dollars for the uh for the app for the which app. i which i will say the app did get better, you, the yeah. app did get better it's a lot easier to follow now yeah yeah, and I was like, okay, this is where the money was going. I was wondering. I was like, oh, there's <laughs> money, money and the app is still booty. But no, it's it's actually a lot better now. So I was like, all right, cool. I can I can yeah. ride with this. I really think this is good. And um, but yeah, we didn't fork it over. Not everybody was convinced. We were pretty scarred by the last one. But I, I did notice that the um, in terms of the disciplines, they did like chill on, on on some of them like i really yeah. know, did you notice that they cut down on they balanced it because the, what happened with me last year is like i would work out but then i, I would get so hungry because i was working out i'm like how do i do this so i think they they must have like switched the working out and the snacking because initially you're not supposed to, if some, if you don't know what exodus 90 or the disciplines in exodus 90 it's basically lent on steroids right and you can't i think you can't snack between meals is what right. it is but i think mm-hmm. they either trimmed down that or they trimmed down the workouts because now I don't feel as like dehydrated. I don't feel as exhausted. Um, I don't know if it's just my own metabolism or anything. But last year I would like I didn't snack and I would work out and I'd be so exhausted and famished. So maybe they did something for guys like us. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think they talked to regular people outside of the seminary. <laughs> maybe yeah. regular Joe guess. schmoes and civilians like us. Yeah, man. Wild guess. I was like, I, I think they thought like, you know what? Maybe we should actually talk to some married cats and some single cats, mm, people yeah. that are in the city. And, you know, but I think it really worked out to their benefit because it definitely one thing I um again, and for those that I mean, I think we just assume that everybody knew, but E90, right? These 90 days in the desert, essentially, right? Mm, yeah. Add to your Lent to walk with the Lord in fasting and and giving up and taking on um, things for virtue, right? So in Lent, we do this, right? We abstain from meat on Fridays or we take on another discipline on 40 days where 
we give up meat entirely or we take on a daily rosary, right? Mm. Little, um, little sufferings that we take on um, to achieve something greater, this, you know, imperishable crown of, of uh, holiness that we're that. trying to get to. And so, I mean, anything, I mean, true Catholic here, I'm anything down for like little mortifications or dying to self, sign me up. Rock mm. pebbles in my shoe, no pillow, sleep on the floor. Like, let's do it, right? So um, we're having to do this um, the second time around. The community yep. definitely got smaller for us. Uh, we started with six guys on the first time, and we did well. And this time it's only four of us, but that's fine. Um, you know, we'd have the men from the boys kind of thing. But no, no offense to those listening. But it really, like, it was like, I didn't feel bad, like, not doing it. I was like, if I don't do it, I'm, it's okay. But I definitely, this time around, felt like I wasn't a burden so much on my family when I was doing it. And I don't know if, if that makes sense in terms of like, I don't know if you have roommates and they have to deal with you, if you're like fasting and hangry oh, and like, no, I and I just remember with my, with my wife, uh, that was the thing. And she was like, you know, I'm really happy for you that you're like getting holy, but can you not like direct your anger towards me? Like in, in different times. And that hangry, I, that hangry anger is real, dude, especially during yeah. Exodus. Yeah. And so when I noticed that was happening, I was like, all right, um, let's adjust this thing and let's kind of make it work for someone that, you know, is a husband and a father and and working, you know, the insane hours that we're working, but let's try to modify it. And so we, we did that. We did that for our guy who's uh, my uh, friend of ours, our, my co-host, Father Pat, who's, um, you know, priest. And then we got another married guy, another guy. Um, or all of us are married. And so like we modify it to what we need to do, but mm. still I really want to like chill out on modifying it too much. Cause I'm like, I still want it to, to suck a little bit. Yeah. You to know? keep like the real meaning behind it, which is right. not to suffer for suffering's sake, but I don't know. I was talking to a friend about this because I have a lot of friends and I love, you know, no disrespect or anything, but a lot of them are like, oh, I don't give up anything for Lent. I just, I just give things. I just pray and I give money and I donate. I don't need to give up things. And, and this is not, I think sure. uh, Father Ken Garachi says it best. Um, if this is not judgment, it's observation, right? Sure. Oh, so if, if if you're if you're not willing to sacrifice even the littlest bit for Lent or otherwise, and it's not a Catholic thing, it's like a, it's a masculine thing or a man a man thing. Like I think if you're not willing to sacrifice even the littlest bit, you show there's a lack of discipline there. And I'm mm -hmm. saying this is not a judgment; it's an observation, and that's what I learned during Exodus. Because I was like, I, I used to be in that camp when I kind of reverted back to the faith. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to give anything for Lent. I give up anything for Lent. I'm just going to, you know, do my own thing. I'll almsgiving. I'm going to pray and donate to whatever, but I'm not going to give up anything. And what Exodus 90 taught me is like, wow, I need discipline as a guy, even as a single man. I'm like, oh, I got to really build my discipline. And I'm usually a Type A person, very organized. I work in New York, but this even taught me more to surrender, right? And also, and also more to be disciplined beyond like the to-do list you know what i'm saying so so that, that's one thing that i think the whole catholic church gets a bad rap about is like oh you have to sacrifice and you have to suffer but that builds discipline and that builds you know um i think patience for sure uh charity is a, a big i think I, I forget what priest who said this it was a homily i attended a daily mass a week or so ago where i think the priest was tying one of the readings it was a gospel where in order to be patient you have to have the virtue of charity within you if you want to build patience and a lot of men, especially nowadays, whether it's tech, through technology or we have our own sufferings, our own stresses, right? A lot of us build impatience over time. So in order to build that, I think we need charity in order to build charity. I think things like Exodus 90, little sacrifices here and there will get us to where we need to go. 
Absolutely. And I think that's, it's a lost art. And I love how mm. when they talk about at least an E90 credit to, to the guys who made it, um, it's in yeah. the context of disciplines. Yes. Of building virtue and, yeah. and habit. I, I love that. 90, 90 days to build a habit. And then that kind mm. of thing. They could have called it, you know, struggle bussing. Uh, or they could have called it, you know. <laughs> it's going to be our app. That's going to be the holy ruckus yeah, exactly. <laughs> bootleg version. <laughs> yes. They, they could have done something like that. They could have did sacrifices. And, and it would have been cute for like the first 10 days, you know, maybe even 40 days. But to, to know outright that, even Christ, like as he grew, I mean, yes, he had it all, right? He had it all going on, but God gives him, the father gives him opportunities where he has to shine and he has to show out. Yes. He will always do the father's will. Um, but we don't have that luxury. Um, we have, we have the graces to, to do it, but it's kind of dormant. And I think that's why E90 is so big, especially in this culture and wherever, yeah. whatever stage that we're at, um, you being, uh, you know, single myself being married <clears throat> you in the, in the big city in Manhattan, you know, and me over here in the suburbs of, of, of Maryland. It's like, but yet we can all commune in the, in the desire to want to be holy and to be his. And if we can't do that, you know, just on Sundays, it's, it, it can't happen. I can't be, you can't be a productive worker just working you know, uh, in the limited time frame that you have, some days you have it, some days you don't, I can't be the best father. If I'm only giving weekends to my kids, like my vocation where, where God's calling me also requires and demands of me opportunities to, to grow and to die to self. And I think E90, like with those little sacrifices, um, those little disciplines help shed a little bit of that dead weight and the things that you know we're not going to give up chocolate for chocolate's sake like we're saying but we're going to give up things because not because they're bad but because they're good right and as we get to lent like that's like the big thing and like why not start now and so i'm really excited to to be in it sure i'll complain a little bit here and there uh in in jest but maybe there's some truth in in that but um i think if we're going to do this, if we're going to be loving, if we're going to, you know, be empathetic as we're going to get into here, um, you, you can't see other people if you're so focused on yourself Amen and if to that. You're already, and if you're already like setting yourself up, like, oh yeah, like, um, you know, I'll, I'll tithe because out of my excess, I tithe, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, Whatever change I have or rescue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, here's what I got. You know, I, we don't give the Lord what's best. We give him what's left. And like, Nah, like you're already, you know, premeditating on how much you're going to give and how much you're going to put out. And I think that's a recipe for disaster because, you know, you're, you're already manipulating, uh, the system. And so again, observation, like, like you were saying, and I, I know that because I'm just like, I've done it. I do it. Same. I do it. I'm just We've like, all done it. We're all human beings, man. You know? Know. Yeah. I was going to know that, you know, went stopped for gas and then like snacked. You know, mm -hmm. but my accountability partner that um you guys get a chance to get at Exodus 90, yeah, um, or your community, you you share those things. And for me, I have an accountability partner, accountability partner for life, and so I can't get away from her, but I do take on uh, another God. gentleman and I work with them. Um, and I tell them things that that may be specific to a dude that that I'm dealing with and I'm trying mm -hmm. to to you know beat. And so it's, it's been good, but building that discipline, I mean, it's going to start with some dying. So thank God for that. But I don't know. How does this help you see other people? I know we talked about the theme of empathy here, but yeah. um, 
go ahead a little bit about, about share about where you wanted to go uh, in terms of off of E90 into that. I mean, does it help? Yeah, man. So uh, the reason why my spiritual director recommended Exodus 90 was uh, I had a, lo a lot of loss in 2020, like a lot of us did. A lot of hills and valleys of 2020. And my spiritual director was like, just try this. Uh, you don't have to complete it. Just try it out. Maybe it'll help you out. It was one of his, he really nudged me. And by nudge, like he really pushed me to do it in, in a loving, lovingly way. And um, I realized looking back at 2020, even like the past couple of years of this like pandemic or post pandemic or new normal, next normal, whatever we're in now, like I, I feel like it's been a litmus test for people's capacity for inconvenience, whether you're pro mask or anti mask or pro vax, anti vax. And I've seen like I think being in the, in the Northeast and you're you in the East Coast, right? We're in the East Coast. We get to see kind of the extremes, at least I get to anyway, uh, where I'm at. So I see a lot of people that are like, oh, the mask is a security blanket and all this stuff. And I can't hang out with you if you're not vaccinated or it's the other way around. If like people judge you if you're vaccinated. I've, I have both ends of the polarized spectrum here. And I think both sides of it, in my, at least in my, in my opinion, in my experience anyway, I'm not going to speak for anybody else. I just feel like it's people lack empathy and they don't want to be inconvenienced, whether they're scared about the vaccine and Corona or they think it's fake news or whatever. That's up to you. But both sides of the coin, I'd realize this, there's no lack, there's no empathy and there's, they lack a sense of just like, they don't want to be uncomfortable. And one thing I've learned really this past year, I took, a, I think I've, I've been posting this a lot on my socials is I've, I've had this martial arts journey. And if you know me, I am not an athletic person. We talked about like sports. I'm not, that's not really my forte. I'm not really mm -hmm. that, that kind of an athletic uh, person, but I got into martial arts. My brother's a martial arts instructor. And one of his biggest mm -hmm. things, I guess, pieces of advice for me during this time of renewal and growth post COVID has been, you know, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think maybe it's a Western society thing where mm. we always want to be comfortable, whether whatever camp we're in or whatever kind of position we have on COVID or otherwise, just general things. I just want to be comfortable and I want to, I want things my way. I want control. But what COVID taught us and what Exodus 90, I think is teaching us now currently is that we're not always in control. And sometimes we have to surrender for sure, but also understand that like things Things happen and things change and we have to be used to being uncomfortable. We have to be used to being inconvenienced. Not saying we should put ourselves for suffering sake. You know, it's not sadomasochistic kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're, we're Catholic and the guilt is there's re, there's there's a meaning to the suffering and the meaning to guilt. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at in terms of tying empathy with the whole Exodus 90 thing, with the whole like post-pandemic world we're in now is like we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, man. I think a lot of people don't like that. They don't want to be challenged and they don't want to be, they want, and, and this is one thing that I'm, I'm getting diving into more in my content is I, I go, I see a therapist, a Catholic therapist, praise God. Dude, that's he's been awesome. awesome. He's been a mentor to me. He's a super old school Staten Island guy. <laughs> like he's, he's really, he's really like tough on me, but in a very lovingly way as well. Um, but I feel like some people, if you dive so much into mental health, self care becomes like self-sabotage in my mm -hmm. opinion, because you get so focused on yourself too much. And I think that's what COVID did, unfortunately. And things like Exodus and things like this post-COVID world are helping guys like us, especially, and, and this, we're not sponsored. This episode's not sponsored by Exodus 90. No, it's not. It's but not. but like, just, it, it's helped me tremendously to be like, okay, like sometimes you're going to be inconvenienced. Sometimes, you know, you're going to be uncomfortable. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to sit and complain? Or are you going to work with it? Or are you going to surrender to God? Are you going to accept the space that you're in? Um, so that's, that's my little diatribe, I guess yeah. my little soapbox no, on the whole ordeal. It's so good to, to hear it because when I think of empathy, like I think of like suffering with somebody and you can't suffer with somebody if you can't even see them that we can't see anybody. And so yes, mm. these, these little tools that we can pick up for E90 for some, and then Fiat 90 for the ladies or whatever. There's, there is yeah. always something for people to do 
to cash in on those graces. Um, for holiness, my son, hanging out, Judah. Um, and so I'm always like, I can't, I, it's very hard. Like, it's almost like when people want, want to get your attention, like my son, right? It's like, I need to focus on, I can't focus on you yet. I got to work on this stuff in the closet. I got to stuff. I got to work on the things that I don't want anybody to see. And I'm like, once I handle that, it becomes easier to see Christ in other people. Yes. And, 100%. There's no timeline on that. There's no, like, as much as I want to be like, dude, like, I got you. Like, tomorrow I will be better. <laughs> and, you know, after after Father's homily, okay, got it. I got to be Jesus. Like, you know, and like see the Samaritan, like, you know, and, and the whole Samaritan story. But I just, it's it's not natural. It's supernatural. And I'm like mm. trying to figure it out. And grasp and that. So, Makes sense exactly. as well, yeah. And so, like I was telling, um, I do this game with my my kids and it's, in the vein of empathy, right. Of mm. suffering with somebody. And we talked about the story of like St. Maria Goretti and how, nice. um, do you know her story? Yeah. Uh, right. A patroness of purity, chastity, right. Um, uh, even God. to the length of forgiving her abuser, forgiving. The yeah. How do you, how do you communicate that to kids? I'm curious. Cause it's, it's a very dark. Not life. well, but no, yeah, right. as best I can, but, um, and so it is dark because, uh, for those that don't know, St. Maria Goretti's story, um, she had, you know, an admirer, a friend, uh, Alessandro, who forces himself on her and then, she, you know, running away and stuff. And then he ends up taking her life, um, you know, uh, attempted rape and all that. Um, and that guy years later, you know, yeah. is at her canonization from my understanding, like is, is present with his, with her family. Um, and her family has forgiven her, visits him. And now yeah. even in the church, there's, there, I, I, um, when her, I believe her relics came into town, um, an artwork of her, uh, her image, her painting came around, at least in the Virginia area. And I remember seeing also holy cards of, uh, servant of God, like Alessandro. Alessandro, yeah. Like this guy's <sighs> on the road. People are, and the repentant sinner, you know, mm. um, repentant murderer, someone who, who paid his debt to society, you know, suffered the consequences of his actions. And now what, you know, like what's left now? Like you talk about forgiveness, you talk about, you know, empathy. Let's put it on display here. How how, are you really down for this? Cause this is what radical holiness, Jesus like stuff. This is what it looks like. It's not just, you know, uh, forgiving. And then like, I'll see you, you know, in a couple of years, it's, you might be welcome to my like table now. Like I'm actively inviting you to come eat with me. And now I'm not saying that people who have suffered real trauma and abusers should be inviting, you know, these people into their lives. Right. Cause there is a, a, a place for loving someone at a distance. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, those that know, that know my story from the podcast, like my relationship with my father, it's like, I forgive him. I actively seek out to love him from a distance. Will it ever be buddy, 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 buddy? no, but it that cannot hinder my relationship with my heavenly father any more that, than it already dude. has. And so when we talk about empathy, we look at these lives of these saints and we're like, okay, I might not be there today. And that's where the kids ended, eventually ended up. Uh, we had them play like agree, disagree, where they get on one side of the room. If you agree that you would forgive Alessandro for, you know, for murder, in the same way that Maria Goretti did and her parents did, go on this side. 
Like, Whoa, you know, that's heavy. That's heavy for a, a bunch of kids, though. Respect oh, for having the courage to do grade. that, man. Yeah, 10th and 11th graders. I mean, because then we go into St. Paul. We go into, um, you know, how Jesus forgives the, the thief and everything else. And so we talk about, you know, forgiving 70 times 7. But mm. this is what it looks like. It's not some pie-in-the-sky concept like, oh, I can't wait for that to happen. Yeah. Storybook. Nor is it like a weird hippie. Jesus is all oh, about peace no. and love, bro. No, nah, man, it's it's, it's, it's some hard, radical, graphic. demanding, courageous. And it, it just thanks for sharing about your dad, though, man, because that that takes a lot of courage. And I think speaking to your point, it's 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 not easy. It's hard, and it's a it's it's a work in progress. And and I hope that whoever's listening to this doesn't think it's like oh it's instantaneous and we got to exonerate nah, people dude. for toxic behavior. No, but at the same time, it's. Uh, we have to forgive because God forgives all, literally everybody. And it's, that's really hard to grasp, man. Yeah. Because it's, it's ongoing conversion. Like it's not like some of my, um, you know, I, I, and I say this with love, like some of my, uh, older brothers in faith who have taught me a lot. Right. Um, uh, and it comes to holiness. Um, and sometimes our Protestant brothers, like it's like, when were you saved or when did you accept Jesus, you know, into your, into your heart? And I'm like, yeah dude, come back next week. It's ongoing for me. It, it's yeah. never like a moment. Like I could never say like, this is the moment. Like there are several moments along the way, ongoing conversion, metanoia yeah. that help. And because the last thing I want is to be, I, I want to get to the point where, and this is also a spiritual direction kind of help with this and also therapy. Uh, I wanted to be in a place where, um, well, backtrack my, my priest, uh, my spiritual father kind of told me like, you forgive your dad. And I'm like, for all the crummy stuff, he was an all-star physical, verbal abuser, um, emotional abuser towards oh, me and my, and my family, a lot of my family. And thank you. Thank you. And, um, th the question was, would you forgive him? You know? And I said, I already forgive him. Would you forgive him if he was standing here right now? Would you hug him? Mm. I was like, oh, hey, you know, they're, they're like, in the feels. Yeah. Right. And oh, it's man. like, okay. So let's work from that place yeah. and let's get to this point where maybe you're able to say yes, one day openness to the idea of like, yeah, maybe, you know, are you open to this grace for real? And so I tell my, and so we ended because again, we agreed to disagree with a lot of kids and I was the moderator. So I was, you know, kind of playing both, you know, devil's advocate sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I would say, guys, it's natural, your reactions, but we're also called to be supernatural and like, the holiness bit, right? It's ordinary to be upset and unforgiving. It's extraordinary to really call it out and go get it. Mm -hmm. So if you're here in forgiveness, I want to let you know, I'm right there with you, but here's the standard. Like here's like the Jesus. And are you like trying to grasp at it? If yeah. the answer is, yeah, I'm trying, then we're right where we need to be. And there's no timeline on this. As long as we're, you know, you know, trying to, to hear the right stuff. And maybe, you know, we can reasonably hope that we can all be forgiven for our stuff because we want our God to forgive us for all the crummy crap that we do. So, yeah, um, on the road to holiness, that's that's kind of where uh, I've been lately. And I think um, in prayer, with praying more with, with E90 and all these other things, like those things kind of get brought up again. And as I read mm -hmm. scripture, I'm like, oh, how empathetic am I really, though, you know? And so that's where that's where we can be. So <laughs> good for a commercial break there. <laughs> that's it. But uh, oh yeah. no, man. See you guys. Yeah. Da, 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 credits now. That's it. That's it. Roll the credits. But, <laughs> yeah. um, 
don't know. I really wanted to draw attention to some of your work that you're doing. Hi, honey. You're in the background there. Um, your blog, Why Love Never Fails, now available on theholymuckers.com. Boom. And, marketing. There it is. I know, right? Uh, this guy. What What makes, like, why bother, right? Well, one, because I've asked you, you know, to, <laughs> right? But you hear it all the time, you know, love never fails, you know? Um, but I kind of wanted, like, kind of like a precursor, like, why why this one? Why why focus on the theme of, of the virtue of love and just the way you communicate it here is beautifully. So if you haven't read it yet, uh, why love never fails, Matt Pena. But give us a little bit here of kind of what led you to to really write this out. Yeah. So what initially led me, um, I was I love Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time. And there's times, especially yeah. when I was diving more into mental health, and I'd follow a lot of like mental health influencers and all these things and hashtags. Mm. And I was super all about it. And I still am, you know, self-care is, is great, right? But it, it became almost like yeah, like self-sabotage because people were I would say self-indulgent almost, where it was all about my own self-care and nothing else matters. And one of the memes I saw on Twitter a while back uh went something along the lines of um Love never, the Bible says love never fails. So if your love never, if your love failed, then it was, wasn't actually love. Some, something to that degree, right? Uh, okay. um, and I read that and I'm like, oh, that's, it, it sounds like cool and marketable and like, oh, like snazzy and like influencer heavy. But if you really dive deep in terms of like the, the emphasis on human dignity, the lens of human dignity, I think it, it contradicts it so much because like, for one, like, and I, I wrote this in the blog too, like, uh, when we talk about love never fails, God is love, right? Spoiler mm -hmm. alert, if you haven't read the, the blog yet, um, God is love. So, you know, by transitive property of God is love, and God is perfect, then, you know, love never fails. That's essentially the, the, the premise of the writing. And when I, I, I tweeted about it and I talked to some friends about it too, and I think that's, that's where I think a lot of the self-care mental health speak become self-indulgent. When you're like, oh, you, when, you, when you pull things from the Bible or you pull things from here and there that are out, out of context. And a lot of people that don't know anything about Christianity or scripture might just take that and use that. And I think it's very misleading and almost toxic to, to use that in the vein of trying to heal yourself or justify certain things. So that, that's where I think the, a lot of my writing comes from now because I'm diving more into mental health. And I wasn't really all about it because maybe just being an, a, a child of immigrant parents, you know, I'm Asian American. Um, mental health was and kind of still is frowned upon in a lot of immigrant communities. Dude, so yeah. That's the way I was always raised, you know, mm -hmm. and I had a really bad, I want to say bad experience with mental health personally, but I remember I was in a band uh, with somebody ages ago and this bandmate, uh, God bless this person, couldn't do anything without medication, like literally anything. I remember one time I think uh, our band got turned down for an event or a, a battle of the bands or something. And this person had an episode and was like, I can't, I can't, and it's, they, the, he or she needed their meds and then they were good. And that, 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 I, I, in the moment I was like, Ooh, like, this is what mental health actually is. And that, that scarred me for a long time, but it wasn't really until the pandemic where I, I sought out a therapist and I realized no mental health is uh, in moderation and in the right context is good, not only for yourself, but also for your, your spiritual life, man, knowing, knowing your boundaries, knowing your limitations, knowing where you're at. Um, but, but but now as I'm I, I've dove really deep into the whole well of social media and the internet and sometimes diving too deep in the well of social media and the internet is not a good thing because you see a lot of these almost toxic almost self indulgent type of mental health speak and people are like oh I found this on the internet I'll I'll adopt it I'm like no 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 let's let's, let's not do that let's kind of be very mindful and that's 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 where my I think my writing comes from is like intertwining mental health um, 
productivity, you know, corporate life, work, like work life and, and the faith. So that's, that's kind of where I, I try to intersect a lot of my content, especially with this blog. So definitely catch it out. I have more posts coming up. Uh, but I think now I'm, I'm basically pulling things from the internet, memes and stuff, and just commenting on it. And I think that's what we all do in our spare time or we're hanging out with friends. But <laughs> I wanted to kind of take into like um, a more of a, a more of a content um, creative medium, so to speak. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's say that real quick because you, you hit on something that I don't think is universal, but it's definitely cultural, specific to having immigrant parents and yes. the whole thing when you talk about mental health mm-hmm. and what happens if you go too too well in there, but also just the stigma to even bring it up like you want to you think you should go see someone, you know, yeah. was that enough uh-huh. for you as a as a dude? Um, because she as a dude, yeah. Because as a Latino yeah. man, I know for me, um, I know I've worked with a lot of kids uh in my youth ministry days, and that was always something like go bring him to the priest, go bring him to the priest, go bring him to the priest. But I'm like no, I think he needs a therapist. Yeah. Like, I think he needs a, you know, he needs someone else besides this priest that just got ordained. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's very holy, but he ain't ready for this work. Mm, this is that's else. a different, it's a different lens, a different perspective. It's a different like area, even though like your spirits and, and, and our relationship with God is, is the priority. It is a different realm. It's a different beast even to tackle things like anxiety and depression and stuff. And I know even, even and God bless my parents, they were they were always like, oh, and they, my parents, that's one thing I love about my, my folks is they always emphasize confession, even though like I left the faith yeah. for a bit and a lot of maybe culturally Hispanics and Filipinos are very culturally Catholic and and God bless them. And it's a great thing to have it within our, in the culture. But one thing that my parents really emphasized was like, go to confession, like talk to some, talk to a priest at least, uh, because there is that level of trust in that faith dynamic, you know, and especially in the confessional, it's a very intimate setting. Um, but at the same time too, sometimes the, the priest may not know, know right away how to deal with certain mental health related issues. So I go to both. And I think there's a post, I'm not going to throw this, a Catholic, uh, influencer under the bus, so to speak, but I saw a post recently on Instagram and Twitter kind of being like, oh, like all, all these, all these new age people, all these kind of secularists, like they used to go to church. Now they do yoga. Uh, they, they hated, you know, fasting on Lent, but now they're vegan. And the last part of it, which I had the biggest qualm over was like, oh, they hated confession, but they go to therapy. And I'm like, you could do both. Yes, you could definitely right. do <laughs> Why not? Why not both? I think there's that the little gift for me. Yeah, uh, little, little was, Mexican girl. Yeah, the little Mexican girl talking about hard shell tacos and stuff. Yeah, you can represent we're, we're colonial cousins, so to speak, right? Yeah, for but, sure. But I, but I was like, no, you can do both. And I think that's the toxic part. I think a lot, maybe it's the more, I want to say it's more the conservative side of this oh, spiritual gonna, life. I was just going to wait for you to go, go there in the sense Yeah, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to dive to you. Unless we can do it by all means, but always, I feel like, not always. always. Not always, yeah, but I, I think like, there's a contingent for sure. Yes. If there's a group that was going to criticize me for being a little bit more on the clinician side, it was going to be the conservative group. Uh, yeah. And it was going to be like, if I even said like, oh yeah, we were doing yoga poses or whatever else, I know that it's definitely people that are accusing me of being more liberal. Mm-hmm. And that's like the the wild stuff about it. I mean, it's everybody going down, back to their tribes, you know, yes. back, back to your tribes, everyone. And then that's where they pontificate from. And they'll pull, and they'll pull the, um, you know, those cards out, and it it totally ruins it because I'll never see your side because I'm too busy fighting off this big beast of a party that you've already put mm-hmm. in my face that I can't get to anyway. Where I thought we were on common ground in Catholicism and a child of God, you have introduced this big zord in my way, this big monster, <laughs> and I'm just like, 
What am I supposed to do? Mm. You know? Yeah, I think I had a priest friend of mine say this uh, to me last year, actually, uh, giving me advice about the whole political divide. Uh, this is like right when uh, the whole Biden-Trump election was kind of like debated, and it was like early last year. And he gave me some good advice. He goes, "If you're, if you're, if you plant your feet too much into one camp, you do injustice to the other." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like if you're in that, and I'm not saying like you know one side's better than the other. I don't want to get super political on this on this uh, sure. podcast here, but like that is so true. If you're kind of so deeply entrenched in one camp and you refuse to see the other side, it's not good. And, and for me personally, I feel like divisiveness is from the devil in any way, shape, or form. Whether it's like political, whether it's separating therapy from spiritual direction, like I personally do both. You don't have to do both. I personally mm -hmm. do, and it it has made me a better man of God and just a better Look man in both. general. <laughs> Look into both, folks. It's yeah, just do. But you yeah. are mind, body, and spirit. Mm. Can you look Amen. at both? And some of the best uh, spiritual directors that I've uh, had have recommended both. Like, let's keep doing this, but I'm a little out of my depth here. Go mm. go to this person. Go to this clinic, and that's good. And go see this, and I don't see a therapist any longer. Um, that was when I was a kid, but these kind of things, like. They need to be looked at and and run away from a uh, you, you talked about this extreme where a priest yeah. is like, uh, you know, oh, well, I don't know anything. So let's talk to this, you know, therapist. But then run away from the other side where a priest says, you know, no, we you don't need that. I got you. I can do this. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, really, father? Like, I don't I don't know if you can. And that's OK, because that wasn't part of your I mean, what they take, like maybe a course or two. But. <laughs> You know, you can't speak for everybody, but I'm sorry, I interrupted you there. But that's no, um, fine because you never know, like, what, where, like, what's really ailing someone. It, could it be rooted in sin? Sure. Um, or could it be something else just like that we prop, we haven't properly diagnosed, you know? And it's not our place to, to diagnose. I, I sure as heck wouldn't. So, as a youth minister, a former youth minister, I'm like, nah, like, I got to get you in the hands of somebody else because I that's can't. That's so perfect. I can't do this, yeah. man. I can't. I can't rock this and I'm a okay with that. So you can say what you want, but oftentimes I had the hard time convincing, you know, uh, uh, Latino dads that, Hey, mm. you know, child might, might have a little something going on. Might be on the spectrum here. Might, might want to look at this. And as a teacher as well, we have, you know, kids that have, have, uh, need accommodations, you know, um, Oh, and, especially in the education and, space, I could imagine. Yeah. As a oh, yeah, teacher, man, dude. Yeah. Shame for, for folks. Like they don't, you know, they don't want to go there. And I'm like, no, that's, you know, that needs to stop. And so I think it is, but is it stopping in faith-based circles? I think the secular culture, like the, the culture that we live in is more okay with, you know, uh, the clinical side of things. That's, that's fine. I'm saying mm -hmm. in faith-based institu institutions, I don't know if we're there yet. I think we're really slow. I think we're getting there slowly. I know uh, Dr. Greg Butaro of Catholic Psych is really pushing it hard and a bunch of other really great, well-minded Catholic therapists um, are out there in the world. I found mine through literally catholictherapist.com. <laughs> so they're out there. Uh, yeah. There, yeah. And if you know any any Instagram handles or any Twitter accounts that maybe we, they could follow? Uh, uh, not that I, not gonna, I, can, I can't name them off the top of my head now, but I'll definitely send them your way, um, like the actually good ones. Um, because I think they're, I, I dove into, like I said, I dove into like mental health social media and hashtags and I realize oh, yeah. a lot of it's toxic, but the ones that aren't toxic, I'm not saying this because I'm biased because we're Catholic, but sure. the Catholic approach to the holistic Catholic approach in terms of mental and spiritual health, I think takes into account everything. And that's where I'm saying like, you know, uh, divisiveness is, a, is from the devil. Sure. And one thing that, um, I've been telling a lot of my friends lately in terms of like, especially my, my non-Catholic friends, why I, I, I'm a revert, you know, why I felt 
back into the Catholic faith is at least to me anyway, my experience, my journey, the Catholic church is unitive and not punitive. So mm. even though think the Catholic church may seem punitive in terms of, oh, they're telling you what to do and blah, 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 confession and all this <laughs> anger, the beauty of the church is unitive. And there's always like, yeah, there's confession, but there's all in the sacraments, but also you could pray and also you should be able to see a therapist. Like any, any form of divisiveness, and this is what I, I tend to use. And I'm, like I said, not being political, but for me personally speaking, like I have a lot of friends that are like, oh, you don't need the vax, just take essential oils and vitamins and you're fine. FYI, I used to be like, I'm, I'm a former, like, like recovering, you know, secularist my, myself. I still do vitamins and essential oils. I'm like the essential oil Karen of my family. Okay, I'm all about essential oh, are oils. You? Okay, I, I need someone like that. Okay, I'm all, but I, but also I got vaccine boosted and I wear a mask and I'm healthy and I work out and I drink water. I do all the things. So, but what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say here is, if you're divisive in all these kind of natures, where it's like, oh, don't wear a mask, but do this. I do all the things. Like, and I think it's one thing I love about the Catholic Church and not not equating politics to the church, but I'm like you know, I do everything. And the Catholic church does provide all of that stuff. And I think a lot of times when I was in my Protestant days, a lot of it's like, oh, you don't need the mass. You don't need confession. All he needs is the Bible. And the Catholics, they don't care about the Bible. They have all these crazy sacraments. And when you dive really into Catholic culture and the fullness of Catholic culture, people love the Bible. The Bible's in the mass and the sacraments are all intertwined with everything. So I know this is, this is kind of like, sounds like a big deviation from the topic and maybe it's, I'm kind no, of like on, on a rant here, but I feel like, 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 I, like I kept saying earlier, divisiveness for me is of the devil and unity is really key here. And you could do all the things spiritually or otherwise. Uh, so I, please, if you are into just going to confession and you're like, I don't need a therapist. And, be, and like, I think we talked about this earlier. I think it's a masculine problem too, on top of it being a cultural immigrant problem. Absolutely. Because I have a lot of guy friends that are like, oh, I don't want to go to therapy. I don't need that. I'm fine. I'm good. And I understand that, but you never know if you just dive in. If you dive in deep and you realize you are good, then more power to you. Praise be to God. But sometimes people, like I, at least for me anyway, Exodus 90 and therapy really taught me, like, wow, there's a lot of things that I've been struggling with, but I've been masking a lot and distracting myself with the the, the these pleasures, whether they be like Netflix or hanging out with friends. And for, for, for me, for the longest time, was drinking, for example, and going out with friends, uh, just going to clubs and bars and stuff. That, I mas that was me masking a lot of stuff that I never really encountered. So when I gave up drinking and snacking and going out during Exodus 90, I'm like, wow, I have to deal with all these things in my brain and my soul. They exist. That's crazy. So bottom line, uh, dive into the spiritual, dive into the mental. They're not divisive. They're not in separate camps. It's inclusive. Unity, not unity. Well, well practiced. Yes, they well practiced they in the context. Be. Yeah, they ought to be in context. Uh, they ought to be. Mm. Uh, if you find them, they're at odds with your spirituality. Who are you listening to? But also take a look at the fact that if you're going to confession and you're seeing habitual sin yeah. patterns, where there's smoke, patterns. there's fire. A spiritual director can can tease that out. Regular confessor can tease that out. How to diagnose it if you have a problem? Let's say, let's go right into it. It's the Holy Ruckus podcast, folks. Yeah. If you haven't haven't liked or subscribed yet or if i'm pissing you off then you're in the right place Boom. as well but i think if you're looking at patterns of sin or addictions yes right, uh yes. alcoholism will lead you to drinking uh, will lead you to masturbation will lead you to mm. uh, pornography sex addiction like all of these things um these are things that a therapist can help you work out through like why wouldn't you see a, pro a professional here um yes grace abounds absolutely but if we're in the habitual realm yeah it's a pattern yeah. So mm. yeah, when you get into culpability and all these things, like what are we doing? So we got to invite, I mean, God has, I mean, in keeping with what we know about 
what the Lord does. Like if these are the blessings, if these are the non-sacramental like aids that God's bringing us, like, Hey, I sent you a boat. I sent you, you know, sent you a helicopter. I sent you, I could be sending you a therapist. You don't know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Not done. That's like, that is like the hot take of this entire episode right there. That's so, right. that's so I mean, crucial. No, this yeah. is it. I mean, we're, we're, if we're talking about struggle busting it to holiness, then this is what it looks like. And it's paying attention to all those things. And mm. maybe things like we opened up talking about Exodus 90. Maybe Exodus 90 is not your jam, right? Maybe you find yeah. it uh, too big of a leap. All right, cool. Let's start with, you know, a monthly confession once a month. Or let's start with giving up meat on, you know, on, on, on Fridays, right? Let it hurt a little bit. Um, if we're serious about trying to graft ourselves more to this Jesus and as we get ready for, you know, Lent, I mean, why not? You know, I mean, you gave up uh, music though. So I don't know. I don't know if I can. So, well, I gave up, I gave up uh, secular music. So I've been trying to blast a lot of Audrey Saad and God ah, bless her. God go. bless her. I mean, yeah. Is that planned? We talked about therapy and then we talked about, God blessing Audrey Assad. But let's talk about her real quick. So I feel like yeah, sure, man. you, you oh, bring man. her up and I listen to, I mean, as, 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 okay. So for those that don't know, yeah, for the better part of like the last uh, 10 years, I, I, I believe uh, Audrey Assad has been probably the best female lead, like um, Catholic musician, mm, right? Like down. that I've ever heard of in terms of songwriting, in terms of vocal ability, and just mm. all her albums, like the Death Be Not Proud EP. I don't know if you've ever heard that one. You yeah, to, in the spiritual want, fields, man. Oh, what dude, a great record. Folks, yeah. Death Be Not Proud. If you want to talk about like reflecting on your own mortality mm. and like clinging to God with everything, like go listen to that. And I bring her up because, and I think you bring her up because, and we yeah. say kind of like, oh, pray for her, well, because she has officially left the boat in the sense of uh, yeah. Christianity in the mainstream in terms of music and maybe in terms of prayer. I don't know her life, but she is pretty open and um, honest with where she is now. Yeah, uh, she's got a crowdfunder, uh, a, a GoFundMe thing going on with her work um, now. And I still love her voice. I mean, it's haunting. Yeah. And it's, in a good uh, way, in the best way possible. In the yeah. best way possible. It is haunting. I'm just like, oh, I just want to listen to you more. Um, even though it's not explicitly Catholic anymore. But you hear about trauma. You hear about the things that she was going through. Yeah, and I'm like, sure. oh, like what's going on? I don't know. You brought her up uh, first. Why are you bringing yeah. up your side? What do you got? Yeah. So, uh, so for Exodus 90, you're supposed to give up secular content, whether it be like movies, TV or whatever. Um, so I gave up a lot of like the, yeah, as mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, a lot of like early 2000s emo and pop punk, but in exchange for that, I've been listening to a lot of like Audrey Saad, Matt Marr, Maverick City, all these Christian artists. And I was listening to Audrey Saad yesterday when I was cooking and I was like, oh man, it's such a shame because she's such, yeah, her voice is, it's, uh, even not, not even a, in a Catholic or Christian context, just like the like Kirk, the way she writes is very, it's not romantic. And I hear a lot of like my, my musician friends my Catholic musician friends are like, oh, she's too romantically, you know, but no, it's like, I think it resonates in the heart for good reason. And I remember a couple months ago when this whole, I don't know when exactly she officially left. I forget when, but when it happened, I remember a friend of mine sent me the link or the, I guess the article. And he goes, oh, I can't believe she fell off the deep end, man. I can't believe she left. I'm like, really? You can't believe she left the Catholic church? You kidding me? Like, like, like people struggle I'm with this. The Catholic church is a hard it's a hard faith to be in. Like at times I'm like, even for me, I struggle oftentimes with, with the faith. We all do. 
And he was getting kind of on his high horse. Like, I can't believe she left. How dare she leave the Catholic church? Like one for, for one, you don't know her life, right? We don't know her life. And secondly, as someone who left the church, and I'm, I'm saying this, I left for like a year and a half. So it wasn't that long. But like someone who actually left the church for, for real legitimate reasons in, in my 20s, like I get why you would leave the church for whatever, maybe it's trauma, whether it's frustration. Uh, I'm not going to put this out there too much, but like all I'll say is, you know, the former bishop of my diocese was McCarrick. Mm. So that's all I'll say. So there's a lot of yeah. wounds, I think, you know, over part here of the state. In the DCA. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, so there's mm -hmm. that, that's a big wound for a lot of Catholics, especially coming from my diocese. Is like we had like literally like my brother, when he got confirmed, he got confirmed by Cardinal McCarrick. And we had pictures with the dude in like the nineties. Like it was, that's a real, that these wounds, whether it's trauma, there's things that people attach the church to or, or the church attaches to them. Sadly, these are real valid things. So I, I was telling my friend, like, just pray for her, dude. Don't get on your high horse. I know it's, you're frustrated. And this person's like a really devout Catholic. And I get it uh, being kind of disappointed in her release because she was a figurehead. Like she's a, his, his argument was like, oh, like she's people know her. Like my mom listens to her. My sisters look up to her. I get that to some degree. You know, I get like you are accountable to some degree to people, especially when you when you when you leave or if you're kind of a figurehead. But I don't know, man, like you can't know somebody's full story. And I haven't I haven't listened to the pod. I think she was on a podcast when she was talking about her, I guess, her departure from the faith. And I haven't had the courage. I'll admit this wholeheartedly. I haven't had the courage to listen to it yet. One, because I'm a huge fan. And two, because yeah. I left the church and I still have a lot of wounds from when I left and I came back. There's certain things I'm still kind of struggling with, with the faith, for example. So, and that, that hurt me because I was listening to all her, like literally I was cooking for like an hour yesterday and listening to like almost like all the, all the greatest hits on Spotify. And I'm like, damn dude, just like her, her music was so, you could, it's, you could venerate and, and pray and be co contemplative with it, but also it was very moving and touching. And it was sad that she left and just pray for her. And for anyone who does leave as someone who did leave for a little bit, like, what brought me back wasn't people on their high horse judging me. Oftentimes it was people that one listened to me, gave me the space to talk and showed me instead of like, you know, preaching or scolding me, they would show through experience and through their love really brought me back. So and God bless Audrey Saad, man, and pray for her true. and for those who leave the church. And for those who think like, why are we extending these prayers and get off our high horse? Like, no, but that's the thing. Cause we've, in one point or another, we've been there some longer than others. You yes. talk about uh, where, where you've been. So it's kind of hard. Let's not throw stones, you know, in a glass house. That's fragile. Like, yeah. We have that. So when you have real level trauma, especially what she's been through, her evangelical mm. background did a number on her in her, in her childhood. I, I read blogs and I listened to her podcast where she talks about how she couldn't be in a church uh, without like, you know, profusely sweating or being really anxious Oh and she's not in a good place. And then when she stopped playing at churches, inside churches and everything else, she was able to like chill out. And oh, she did also go through a divorce mm, uh, right. and all these things. But the machine, right? The machine of evangelical, uh, you know, uh, CCM music, contemporary music, like that kind of space, like it, it chews up a bunch of people, to be honest. I mean, yep. I'm a big fan of Under Oath, right? Yeah, yeah, like I love Under Oath, dude. Like, you know, Screamo, alternative rock, all the way. And you hear guys like Aaron Gillespie and these guys talk mm. about why they left, you know, um, or one of the reasons why they left, aside from believing in God as, as a whole. Yeah. Um, they were very hurt by the fact that a lot of the Christian folks, the listeners, chewed them up and spit them out. And as soon as they struggled and they were authentic about where they've been or where they are, mm. It was like, oh, this is bad for business. Get out and don't come back. 
And or if you do come back, Sad. let us handle your PR. Let us handle your you know public relations. And so yes, pray for her absolutely. But also in that empathy, if we're talking mm. about again uh, trying to build up that holiness, yeah, um, we probably will not know what it's like to be in her shoes. But we've we have been the outcast at one point uh, or another. And so yeah, I don't know. But go you, man. Go go you for listening to her. I haven't I haven't touched that album or those albums in a while. So. I neither have I until yesterday because I was like I was like listening to all Matt Marr the past like few weeks and I'm like I need to listen yeah. to somebody else because I, I love this Exodus '90 challenge to, to, to the degree of which I can listen to Christian music more. But I'm like I got and I love I love Matt Marr. Don't get me wrong, but like he's like the only real Catholic musician that's like like has a bigger discography on Spotify. So I was uh-huh. like I'm getting, I love Matt Marr, but I'm getting sick of listening to to Lord I Need You for like the eighth time sure. in a row during Exodus. So I was like yeah. I'll put on Audrey Assad and I just fell into this big Audrey Assad musical pit for like an hour in my kitchen. And I was like, God bless this woman. She wrote some great stuff, man. And hopefully she was on it. She was, she was on it, dude. Yeah. I think she put out. All right. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you've been rocking with the best, the Holy Ruckus podcast. We're coming in for a landing. Thanks so much for being with us and listening and watching folks. Go ahead and drop a line at Matt Pena on Instagram and on the Twitters and check out mattpena.com. And he's going to be blogging for us at theholyruckets.com as well. Why Love Never Fails. It's on our front page now. Matt, anything, any closing remarks as we uh, peace out on here? Uh, yeah, sure. So I think we brought this up. Um, we're, we're in prep for this. So I, I officially signed on uh, with Array of Hope. They're a Catholic uh, media company and team. Really awesome stuff. So I signed on with them to do some um, short episodes for the Rise Up uh, channel uh, and that's been a lot of fun really diving into Catholic content. Uh, we The show is called Deep Cuts. It's basically my way of uh, critiquing uh, social media and memes through the lens of the Catholic Church and human dignity. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, I also play uh, music. So I'm, I'm the drummer for uh, the parish community of St. Helen here in Westfield, New Jersey. Um, so I've been playing with them for years now. We do um, we follow the rebuilt parish model. If you're not familiar with that, it's basically putting modern music uh in the catholic setting it's been uh, a lot of fun and especially as a drummer it gives me a gig uh on the weekends and also i'm able to serve do. yeah because there's not that many drummers in catholic churches uh so praise god for that and just pray for me man i mean i'm embarking a lot of projects it's 2022 we're all kind of push pushing forward you know post-covid hopefully god willing and um yeah pray for me and i'll pray for you Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been rocking with the best of Holy Ruckus podcast. If you haven't already done so, like and subscribe and share this conversation. Follow mm. at Matt Pena, and uh, we'll see you uh, when we see you. Matt. Stay on as we log off here. But yeah. so excited. Again, let me get it going. And then hopefully Father Pat will join us because um, and you gotta and you gotta follow us here too, Matt, because next week is our hundredth episode, brother. So we're gonna get a cake. Anyway, see you guys. Hang tight there, Matt. Thank you.